0: Real estate industry definitely is changing drastically. I remember about maybe 10 to 15 years ago, there was an internet specialist came to our seminar in Power 30 and told the real estate agent, all you guys should stop looking for a new job because in, in 10 years, internet is going to play a major role in the real estate industry. You guys are going to be out of business. 10 years, 15 years later, it hasn't happened. The reason why I think that prediction forgot one of the most important factors in real estate is the human touch.
1: Welcome to the Diggs Influencer Podcast, the titans of real estate. The show that provides direct access to the real estate industry's top movers and shakers as they share invaluable insight on how to best navigate and succeed in any market. I'm your host, Warren Dow, founder and CEO of M3 Media and publisher of Diggs Magazine. In this episode, Stephen Haw. Thank you to our show sponsor, Bo Concept. Today's guest is an award-winning real estate broker who has sold over a billion dollars during his illustrious 30-year career, which includes stints at Remax, where he's a Hall of Fame member and his current company, Keller Williams Palace Verdes, where he continues to break records as a quadruple platinum agent. Please welcome to the show, Stephen Ha. Hi, Warren. How are you? Mm-hmm. Great, Stephen. Glad you're
0: here. So we're going to jump right in. Tell us your story. Where did you grow up? Actually, I, I was born and raised in Taiwan and until I graduated from college there. Then I came over here after I graduated from four-year college to pursue my master's degree at Oregon State University
1: what were you interested in as a kid as a young child
0: when i was in elementary school i played six years of the baseball and when i was in uh, junior high school i played three years of volleyball and when i was in high school i played uh, three years of soccer and when i was in college i played four years of the chinese martial arts so, oh nice so i did all different kind of things the different stage of my so sports
1: life. and the sport activities have been a big part of your, oh, your yeah. life.
0: Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting um, because right away you're, you're so successful in this business mm-hmm. and we're going to get into that, but mm-hmm. that's a great little precursor mm-hmm. because of the structure and discipline that's required, especially with martial arts, right? Yes, absolutely. What, yeah. what did you practice? What,
0: what, well, what? I, I did that when I was in college. I started uh, when I was a freshman over there and t- until the four straight four years. And when I came first came over here in the United States back in the in the late '70s, at that time, Bruce Lee thing was still a big thing. Oh yeah. And so I was actually during my two years uh, the uh, co- pursuing my master's degree, I was really uh, teaching the, the Chinese martial arts at Oregon State University and also the community college there, and also offer a lot of classes to the the student over there in the community.
1: That's awesome. And Bruce Lee transcends. Yeah, martial arts. Yeah, he's yeah, like absolutely. He's he's like a visionary. Like you know, he's he's a, a thought leader. Just yeah. on what he you know, that's it. Was really
0: popular at that time, and so the, I really enjoyed doing it, and so yeah, it has been one of my biggest hobbies too. Mm-hmm.
1: So now I know where you get your your quiet confidence, Stephen. It's the martial arts. <laughs> so what did your parents do for a living?
0: my father actually was a school teacher and but uh, after that uh, he opened an office supply store and since i was born i know he o- we always own an office supply store and because i remember in taiwan sometimes during the summer there's always the hurricane mm-hmm. and the typhoon i remember i always have to get out in the middle of the night to help my father to move some of the, the station in the upper ground so it wouldn't get flooded yeah So it was a good experience.
1: Oh yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So did you have siblings?
0: Yes, I have actually. I have uh, seven brothers and sisters. Wow. And they are all in overseas, here in Taiwan. I'm the only one here in the United States. Okay.
1: So how did that go over? Did you get any sort of hey, what are you doing over there? Come back to the
0: well. I'm the actually I'm the youngest one among the older eight brothers and sisters, and I still go back there like once or twice a year to see them. And uh, because my parents pretty much is Kong and I'm the youngest in the family. Okay, but fortunately, all my uh, seven siblings—they are still alive and very healthy too. That's awesome. So that was a wonderful thing. Yeah.
1: And you still have the store. There's a store. Oh still yeah, out?
0: the store. The store actually right now one of my brothers is running it.
1: Okay. So do you, when you were young, in high school or even before, did you have any career aspirations? Like, was it, hey, I'm going to work in the family business, or I'm out of here, I want to go abroad and and find my destiny.
0: In Taiwan, the very really competitive from the academic standpoint. In order to go to the college, because only twenty percent of people can go to college from the high school graduate. Wow. In order to get to a college, you have to get to a very good high school. In order to get to a high school, you have to get to a very good uh, um, junior high school. In order to get to a junior, you have to get to a very good elementary school. So the pretty much when I was growing up it was all study 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 because that was our number one goal otherwise you're yeah, going you'll be left behind, and if you don't graduate from the good junior high school, then you cannot get into high school so it's very competitive,
1: oh, yeah, so you had to basically hit each marker you had to keep going, keep, keep going, going, keep going, going. Yeah. Yeah. yes, otherwise you're out
0: yeah. otherwise you're out <laughs> on the street
1: <laughs> that's a lot of pressure, yeah, uh-huh. That's a lot of first. So, um, I know you like to play golf and tennis. When did you start uh, playing that? I know i have
0: been playing that uh, since the 80s okay. for 20, 30 years. I still play the tennis and golf every single week.
1: Which one are you better at?
0: Well, I enjoy tennis a little bit more because it gives me a, a lot of exercise within a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, real stage, we we don't have that much time. But golf is the, I, I do it, the, I personally like it, but also one of the main reasons is that my wife really likes it. Oh, nice. This is the only sport she really do. And so she said, well, this is the kind of sport we can do it together. Yeah. And that's why I usually go out with her like the, the once or twice a, a week. Nice. And during the summer, it's better because we can play after work. Yeah. We can start at like four or 5 at o'clock, o'clock. And we still can finish at 8 are you now
1: you you play at rolling hills country club
0: yeah i'm a member there the at new rolling Hill country club yes it's, it's fabulous it's beautiful it's gorgeous it's yeah. a link course and a lot of people really like it and it make it much easier right now because uh, the green is four times bigger and uh and the uh, the fairway is uh, much wider
1: easier like, on the handicap right <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely <laughs> because i'm never a good golfer but i just go out there to, to enjoy it and because i never really I hardly break 90. I usually play between 90 and 100. Yeah, And so my handicap has been, con- my best handicap is right now probably about 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, it's funny. My attitude about golf is Alex Gray, who's a local professional surfer,
0: mm-hmm. he grew up in PV. Uh-huh.
1: He has a great saying about surfing. And it's like something to the effect of um, the best surfer in the water is always the one who's having the most fun. Mm-hmm. And that's my attitude when I play golf. It's like, I'm horrible too, but I love to play mm-hmm. and I'm definitely having the most fun when mm-hmm. I'm out there and, and I'm hacking it up big time. But. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a fun fact too, since we're diving into your backstory, you are fluent in three languages, mm-hmm. English, Chinese and Taiwanese.
0: Yeah, because uh, I was born and raised in Taiwan, Taiwan dialect uh, is the, my first language. But uh, when we start getting into the elementary school. Mandarin is the official language of Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And when I went into the junior high school, we have to, every one of the students have to start learning the English. So I have to, like six years in junior high and high school, and then also in college too.
1: Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's, that's impressive. So tell us about your life before getting into real estate. I know you mentioned you're in an MBA degree in marketing from Oregon State University. Tell us about that and you know specifically about decision to go into why was it marketing why what attracted you to that
0: well the when I was in college the, in Taiwan the I major in international business so I know I'm going to get into some kind of business but I just don't know exactly what type of business I was going to get into and when I came over to Oregon State uh, to pursue my master's degree uh, to get my MBA degree you can specialize in finance or marketing and uh, I'm Usually, not that good in the accounting or those type of number, but I really enjoyed the marketing part of it because marketing part is very active, very alive, and uh, this uh, it just uh, fit my personality. So I decided to major in marketing when I was at Oregon State.
1: That's great. So when you graduated Oregon State, or during what was some of the jobs that you had? Like what was your first job out of college? Or
0: my first year out of college, actually, I was working for the um, a company called National Chemsearch as their marketing representative in Phoenix, Arizona, and I drove from the Oregon, that very cool weather, all the way oh, down boy. to the down to Arizona during the summer. And I, when I got there, it was in the evening, so I didn't feel that bad. But when I got up in the morning, it was like 120 degrees in July.
1: <laughs> was that Phoenix?
0: That, that's Phoenix, yeah. Arizona. Oh. It was so hot. And the, my first car, because uh, it was, actually I bought it when I was in college here and didn't even have air conditioning. Can you imagine in Phoenix, Arizona driving and visiting all the clientele, different institutions without the air conditioning car? And so after two years, I decided to move to California with the better weather.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. My parents actually live in Payson, Arizona, uh-huh. and um, but they, my dad, when he was working, relocated to, to Phoenix, Scottsdale area. Uh huh. So I have some. I know those summers and those oh, one hundred twenty yeah. degree weather as well.
0: Unbelievable.
1: When did you start selling real estate? We so you were in marketing, and did you have a, a, a more marketing jobs before you jump? No, into real estate? actually,
0: that was the only marketing job I did, and then I moved to California. I moved to California. I was thinking about either doing the international business. Or something else, but at that time, because in order to do the import export, you need the capital.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was right out the college. I really don't have any capital, and I figured at that time, the, to do the import export, your profit is pretty much at about three percent, but you need a lot of capital. And then at that time, I did some research and found out that uh, as a real estate agent, you also make about three percent too, but you don't need any capital. Yeah. Yeah. All you need is just a real estate. Okay, yes. so I said that, that may be the, the the place I can start doing and see how we work and uh, so I first got my real estate license in 1982, I got into it, I never left since.
1: That's awesome and that's great, I never heard a transition into real estate quite explained that way but it makes perfect sense and with your marketing MBA, mm-hmm. you were well equipped yes. to now navigate you know, because real estate, as you know, mm-hmm. super competitive. Yes. Super hard to mm-hmm. differentiate. You mm-hmm. know, and, and in a sense, it all comes down to to marketing. Yes. Um, both on the you know the property side and and yourself, yes, your brand absolutely. and uh-huh. what have you. Um, so tell me about your first sale. What was that? Tell me tell me this backstory on your first residential. that when I first
0: move over here, of course, everybody start with their family member or somebody they know. So I remember my first sale was uh, in Torrance, and it was under 200000 a single family residence. it was uh, my wife's uh, college friend wanted to buy a house, so that was my first sale. Mm-hmm. And what, what broker were you with then? At that time, I was with Sun Realty in Torrance. Okay. I don't know if they are still yeah, around, but it was a <laughs> long time ago. It was in the early 80s. Yeah, yeah. In the early 80s, yeah.
1: That's great. So we, when you got that first paycheck, were you like, wow, this is not right. bad right yeah it
0: works yeah not, yeah. yeah let me do even, more of these yeah even even two hundred thousand is uh yeah talking about three percent is six thousand dollars and uh, in the 80 and when i was really young at that time i consider that's pretty decent income absolutely and so this probably is a career i can look into further and so i did it and i never left
1: and so how many much. sales did you do like that first year did you actually was it slow or was, did you start no, going not,
0: not really the i'm I consider myself very fortunate, starting from the, the first year, actually I was making over 100000 a year.
1: Wow, in the 80s, that's Yeah, big, in the 80s, yeah. So
0: I, I consider myself very fortunate, and uh, because uh, I usually provide very good service, and uh, just uh, starting from there, it's just word of mouth, and uh, the reputation, and the trust start develop among all the people I know, and my past client and uh ever since uh, right now it's probably 70 80 percent of my ambitions are all from the referral
1: that's great you built that up over yeah. time mm-hmm. so back then when you started you were still to get a hundred grand you were you were selling at least a home a month you're doing oh yeah 12 Absolutely. 13 14 very homes.
0: fortunate yeah i'm very very fortunate It's a big big
1: volume yeah Yeah, it's
0: pretty pretty fortunate
1: mm-hmm. so first sale two hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. what's your biggest sale what's your biggest sale in your career
0: well the my majority of my sale right now after to today is still between the two to three million dollars on average my every sale about two million dollar per transaction mm-hmm. i've done uh, quite a few the between five to ten million but uh, i haven't done anything over ten million yet okay okay so but the five and ten million i've done quite a few
1: mm-hmm. well we'll talk about the market because i think you'll be doing over ten million Mm-hmm. Sooner than later, with the market yes. pricing dynamics and Absolutely. the wealth that's moved in here, and yeah. all the the, the mm-hmm. changes, as you look back, uh, you know, what, what do you think has been your biggest failure, mistake, or your lesson learned moment in your career thus far?
0: I would say, if I could do it all over again, I probably, besides just being doing the real estate agent, being the real estate broker, I probably will want to buy more real estate. Yeah. Okay, and also I probably will after I buy, I will try to keep it as long as possible. Instead, buy and hold. Buy and hold. <clears throat> and Instead, rent. buy, make a, a little bit money, and sell it. I remember my, I bought, I moved to PV in 1986. I bought my first house for 270 thousand. At that time, price was going up 10 thousand a month. Wow! And so two and a half years later, I sold that property for 500. And uh, twenty five thousand, I thought I make killing out of it because uh, in two and a half years <laughs> make like a, yeah double at two hundred fifty thousand, but that, that probably property like right now is worth one point five. So if I had kept that property mm-hmm. instead of selling it just because I realized the the two hundred fifty dollar profit and double it, and I, if I didn't sell it, then I would be even much better yeah. off. So mm. I probably would do it. Uh, Buy more profit and buy and hold. Well,
1: that's where the, the great lesson because I think there's been more wealth created in this country hmm. from real estate than any other. I mean, even the stock market. You got the pricing, and you buy and you hold, and you, you like that's so that would be a one, $1.3 $1. point three million dollar asset and yes. and profit. Yes. And if you had five of those, now you you know what I mean? Got it made. <laughs> you got your your you've got you know when you're renting them, you have income. You got equity, yeah. and yes. it's just you no. Know, there's a lot of in the South Bay. Mm-hmm. I wish I've done the same thing myself, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a lot of these realtors—they live. Some of them live on the Strand. Like, how did you get? How mm-hmm. were you living on the Strand? Mm-hmm. Well, I bought this this home. I sold it, or I kept this one, and then I kept parlaying it up. Or it, you know, yes. it's amazing how much what wealth can be created. Yes, using that strategy. Mm-hmm. Do you have any anyone, any mentors, or was there anyone who was, had a big influence on you? I know you started out of the gate quick, and you were earning lots of money. But was there any? 10 years down the road or was anyone that really made a profound impact or had a profound impact that said "Ooh, I gotta look at it differently and do it this way or, or do you do you-
0: well the throughout the your real estate career you I do have association with a lot of different realtors and I keep a very good range with the majority of them and uh... but a couple of people really stand out you know, during my real estate career like um, when I was working for the sand back in the 1996 to 2000, Oscar Fardi was the owner. He did a lot of in, good influence on me, and we, up to today we are still very good friends. And then starting from 2000 until the, two or three years ago, the, uh, Sandra Sanders and Jen Sanders had been very, very helpful in my real estate career. And then starting from about two years ago when I transferred to the Keller Williams, and uh, for the Realty the Audi amigo mm-hmm. and uh, operating principal Sam buffet really helping me out too.
1: That's great mm-hmm. Well let's congratulate you on all your success. Um, I want to it goes without saying but I want to say it because what you've done is truly remarkable with over a billion in sales and, mm-hmm. and the volume that you continue to keep so mm-hmm. um, so congratulations well done thank you. Um, I want to jump into international real estate sales this is a it's been a hot topic for probably the last you know decade or so um, in terms of it getting a lot more attention especially with the Chinese investment international and you know I I want to read you some stats here and get your commentary but would you say international sales have been a a key component of your success
0: over the 30 years well absolutely especially if you live in Southern California international sales definitely play a very important role.
1: And how did you break into the, this market? Did you have any I know obviously your family but did you have any other connections to get you started like
0: well the I really get started when I got into uh, real estate business and uh, because uh, I'm a Chinese I speak Chinese language, so I advertise the, the, my listing in the Chinese newspaper and that's how I get to connect it to a lot of the Chinese seller and Chinese buyer and they are always play a very important role in southern california real estate business
1: mhm and what's different about representing them like versus you know people that live here Americans or mm-hmm. what's different what's
0: well they are also human beings too okay and majority of the situation pretty much the same because as a seller they always try to get the highest price and for the buyer they always try to get the lowest price. Right,
1: negotiate, yeah. So
0: we are all human beings so the their need is pretty much the same but of course a, a, a little bit uh, different cultural thing we have to pay attention to mm-hmm. because like uh, for Chinese people there are certain things they try to avoid and uh, from the phone shui standpoint and which is really the, the some the basic element we need to understand. And we also need to understand a lot of people move over here from overseas is a big transition yeah and so the reason why they want to move over here all because they want to provide a better environment for their family and a better school for their kids we just have to understand why they are coming here Mm -hmm. so that we can help them more
1: and specific to the south bay market where where do you think the bulk of the international purchases are being made is it palos verdes
0: well, the, I would say probably Palsford is still probably have the most uh, clientele as far as the international sales is concerned. Yeah, different people have a different need. Like a B City, Redondo Beach, Herbosa, Manhattan Beach, you have a lot of young family. But uh, a lot of them, when they start having the kids, then the school and the yard and the land is more important yeah. than just the beach lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Okay, because uh, I found out that a lot of the the husband and the wife once they have a family, they're responsibility shift mm-hmm. initially they just want to have fun right? About young them, people yeah. right yeah. but when they have kids then they have to feel oh now we are responsible to our kids so we need to have a yard for them to play soccer to play around have a backyard for them to play and we need to provide better school for them and so I found out actually a lot of people when they start having a family they move from the big city to the house for and makes I sense. also found some of the people, they are retired, and so they want to resort back to BC. So some they actually saw the profit and moved out to BC. It yeah. was really interesting too. So they kind of go back and forth. And yeah, it's like like a, it's a different stage of their life, Yeah. phase of their life.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense. What do you think? I'm just curious on this because I know there's a lot of international and sales, obviously in in the bulk and in, in California. What do you think the share? Has there ever been a study like? Do you think? Twenty percent of all transactions in PV are international, or seven percent. or do you think there's? What, do, what would you guess?
0: What my guess would be for the high end, like a two and a half million and up, I would say probably almost fifty percent. Wow. Yeah, that but high. Uh, under 2.5 million, the, probably much less, like maybe ten to fifteen percent. Wow. But for the high end property, yeah, because uh, I thought I find that for high end property a lot of international money coming from overseas really help because mm-hmm. a lot of them pay all cash for it and even in have to get a loan because they are the, they are the high value individual mm-hmm. Bank is more than happy to donate the money Yeah, and uh, it's just a lot of wealth yeah. being brought into the United States from overseas I think everybody feels this is uh, the best part of the world yeah mm-hmm.
1: so th- this amazing stat 50% international on the hill um, Chinese investors in US residential real estate, they've been the biggest purchasers for six consecutive years. And last year in 2018, Chinese buyers accounted for roughly 25% of total foreign investment in US residential. They purchased roughly 40,000 homes here with a heavy concentration in California. Yes. As you mentioned. With the current US trade dispute in China, do you see foreign investment slowing down in a significant way, like starting now and for years to come? Has this changed the paradigm?
0: Well, actually, the investment from China has slowed down for more than one and a half years now. Okay. Yeah, it's not only because of the trade dispute, it's also because of the policy in China. Okay, because. uh, For the last 10 years, a lot of money has been flowing out of China and it has depleted a lot of foreign exchange reserves in China. So starting from one and a half years ago, you cannot just say I want to buy a real estate in the United States and they will let you get the money out of China. And so the policy in China really had a major impact on the Chinese buyer coming to the United States. To buy the residential real estate and to buy the commercial real estate.
1: Is it true? I read in 2016, the Chinese government said, you know, for foreign investment, it's like fifty thousand dollar limit. You can only take out for for real estate. Was that true?
0: Yeah, that was true. Now they even limit down to ten thousand for each what? person per year.
1: So what can you do with ten thousand?
0: Well, there's nothing you can do. And so basically, the if you just the Chinese government, I want to invest in buy real estate in the United States. You have to go through the application process wow. and everything. Yeah, it's, it's much making it much more difficult.
1: Now, are there loopholes where you can like start a corporation, like a, a REIT or something, there, like a, a holding company? It's a buy and investment only kind of thing. Can you do
0: that to get around that? Or is it well, I quick? don't get involved on that aspect of it, and uh, because uh, I usually uh, the buyer they figure figured out the way out. To, they, they figure to, out, yeah. to do it yeah, because like they're paying all cash yeah yeah because they 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 own a lot of different businesses uh, some yeah. of the people they will find a different way to get the money out of china but i'm not involved with that at all yeah yeah
1: that's mm-hmm. yeah, interesting to see um when i also read i read in the wall street journal that for the first time in a decade i think starting last year chinese real estate investors had a were net sellers um specifically with commercial real estate remember they there was all this investment with some of these marquee properties commercial properties hotels and theaters and uh, Mm. landmark stuff and um, a lot of investment and it seems like so they were net net buyers for years and then now it's net sellers so the market has really shifted
0: oh absolutely there's no question about it the people who are buying the residential real estate and the people who are buying the commercial real estate are totally different the people who are buying the residential basics is individual and uh, because they want to buy a house and provide the the place for their family to stay and have a kids to have education here, the people who are buying the commercial real estate mainly is a big corporation mm-hmm. and the high value the the individual because the commercial real estate when they come over here. They don't just buy a small piece of commercial. <laughs> they buy mm-hmm. big hotel, high-rise building, and build uh, all those big, gigantic projects in downtown Los Angeles. So those usually are big corporation. Is uh, and big corporation has to follow the policy in China, and because whole policy in China right now has changed, they do not dis- uh, encourage the foreign investment like they used to. Yeah. So there is a pullback (coughs) tremendous in that aspect of it. So I think your statistic definitely is correct.
1: Well, it's interesting I think when you're looking at the next real estate cycle, Mm -hmm. right? Every seven to nine to 10 years. Yes. um, And the economy is good on, you know, depending on what you read, the, you know, jobs report and the stock market and then this and the GDP and the, but like, I'm always looking for, okay, what's that? what are those invisible markers that no one sees that are putting constraint on the market? Like we had with the mortgage meltdown in two thousand, yeah. you know, in eight yeah. seven, um, and this seems to be one of like one that we should be talking about more, because all this money is now evaporated, and that's propped up the pricing, the inventory turnover. It's right.
0: Yeah. The actually during my real estate career, I have the when I've gone through the three recession. Okay. <laughs> so i'm so used to it and uh, like uh, in the 80 to 85 at that time the interest rate was like 15 percent so as a real estate agent at that time we need to do a lot of things like to create the sale of financing Mm -hmm. so majority of the sale at that time we did the sale of carryback in order to complete transaction and then in the beginning of 90s there was another meltdown it was because of the war. The, all mm-hmm. the aerospace industry in the El Segundo area, a lot of them closed down and uh, reduced their capacity. A lot of people, almost half a million people in Los Angeles lost their jobs. And a lot of them live in, in the in poverty. So it was really tremendous impact on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then the, of course, you, most recent is 2008 and 2009, the mortgage meltdown. Mm-hmm. Okay, so every time there's a recession, the reason is different, mm-hmm. but there's always something happening, always something, and yeah. we don't know exactly what's going to happen in the next meltdown. Yeah, but uh, there are going to be all different factors contributed, and the, the one you just mentioned may be one of them.
1: One of them, yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, not great, but it's because uh, <laughs> it's coming. One thing that's that's uncertain, right? It's like yes, death it's and uncertain. taxes, and yeah. And yeah, real estate the, cycles, like yeah, a lot of
0: different factors going to contribute to the, the yeah. next uh, adjustment. What's
1: the sentiment out there when you're talking to buyers and sellers about like this, wh- where we're at? Are they fearful? What What are you advising? What is are they saying? Maybe we should hold, not sell. Maybe we shouldn't buy. Maybe we should buy. What, what's the?
0: Well, the this is the way I always look at the real estate. Okay, the to look at the real estate, you always look at the return on investment. But for buying the residential real estate, you should look beyond just return on investment. I never feel that you should buy a house just because it's a good investment. The first consideration should always be: is this the right house for your family? I always consider family enjoyment is the number one factor you should consider if you should buy a house or not. Okay? Even if you buy at the peak, next year the price will go down five years it's going to come back again and you live in the house you don't sell you don't really lose any money yeah okay so i think the first consideration should always be it is this the right house for your family and the, besides the the family enjoyment we also need to know that uh, real estate is still one of the best tax tech, tech, uh, uh, strategy yeah you, because although right now it's much less uh, for the mortgage you can only uh, the interest deduct up to seven fifty, and the property tax, and you can up, up to only ten thousand. But it's still a deductible for you yeah. because uh, all other things you cannot deduct, and that's still the major reduction to, in your tax return. Another thing, third item, I would say, the real estate is still one of the thing. When you comes the time to sell, you still have that two hundred fifty and five hundred dollar exemption.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If there are a couple everything else you make money you have to pay the tax on yeah Uncle-san, unless you do the exchange yeah 1031 you yeah, can, yeah yeah you can you can de- you can refer uh, defer the the tax but the uh, real estate is the one especially your primary residence you can utilize that 250 five hundred thousand every two years
1: mm-hmm.
0: there is no other investment in the united states can provide that kind of advantage yeah so i would say that if you really need a house and the, you need to consider if this is the right house for your family. You still need to know it's a good tax taxable item. You need to know you stay advantage when it comes time to sell. And then you consider if it's a good, there's going to be a good return on investment. My philosophy is always you need to buy within your financial capability. As long as you don't overextend it. Yeah. So if you can buy within your financial capability, even if there's a downtrend, you can just wait it out. Yeah. Because it's always come back again after a few years. As long as the worst thing is that you buy at the peak and you are forced to sell at the yeah. bottom. Because you're leveraged up and you... Yeah, have to, yeah. and you overextend it. Yep. And uh, the worst thing is like uh, you buy it the, in the, the 2007, you have to sell in 2010. Yeah. Then you lose your shirt. Yeah. But if you don't sell it, you wait until now. You sell. It, you still got your money back. Yeah. And so I think the timing is important, but I think the most important factor is that your financial capability. Do it within your financial capability. Don't overextend it.
1: That's great. That's sage advice from someone who's been doing this a long time, and, and it's well said. Looking for a personal stylist for your home. Check out Bow Concept. One of their design consultants can help you make the most out of your space. No request is too big or small for living, dining, sleeping, home office, and outdoor spaces. And check out their Southern California showrooms in Orange County and Costa Mesa and also in Los Angeles and La Brea. For more information, visit Bow Concept at bowconcept.com. Email info at bowconcept.la. I want to ask you, because you're an expert in PV um, and real estate, and PV is very... Um, I don't want to say difficult, but it's very different, you know, in the sense that it's not just Palos Verdes. There's there's micro neighborhoods and and sections and cities within Palos Verdes, and I want to get your vantage point from as an expert in PV. Like briefly, let's break apart the micro market dynamics within PV. So you've mm-hmm. got basically four main areas, right? You got Palos Verdes Estates, Rancho Palos Verdes. Rolling Hills, Rolling Hills Estates as the four big, right? Yes. So quickly give us, starting with P- Palos Verdes Estates, give us like, if someone were coming here and saying, I heard PV is a great place, this hill, I'm called Palos Verdes, what, give me the two minute per, what's different about PV than Rolling Hills and what should I look for in Rancho PV? What's the, give us the cliff notes super quick on each of those areas.
0: Okay, actually the, I personally, don't really distinguish it that way. Okay. I distinguish the basis based on the, what my clients need, because wrong Hill is basically ranch style, okay. Right. Ranch, and the yeah. outside it has to be like one story. You have to ranch style, a lot of people like one story, and also because there's a twenty-four-hour security guard. So if you like the ranch style, and you like the security of the the gated community, wrong Hill definitely is a good choice Okay, but the, the problem is right now pretty much you don't find anything under two million Right, so you financially have to be able to afford it and
1: very low inventory yeah always. very low inventory yeah. and
0: uh, also the thing is the some people love the range style somebody cannot stand it yeah <laughs> they, they right. feel because that, some of my clients they say for three million you buy a house like a, out in the country it's because it's very low key right the, the, that, that's why the wrong here was established because they wanted to establish is the host uh, property and uh, very country, and so that's the feature of their city. Yeah. So you have to like it, you know, to buy it over there. And the, the feature about the prosperity estate, basic uh, Pasfordy uh, estate, there's no track home. Every home is custom yeah. built. Yeah. You have to buy the individual lot. You have to go to the city, and also you have to go to R jury cities to consider the the safety of the structure and the building. our jury basically uh, cons- uh, consider the look. Also, they, it, all the outside look has to be approved, including the size, of the window, the color of your paint, exterior mm-hmm. painting. Everything has to be approved by R jury. And a lot of people don't like it, but it's really for the integrity mm-hmm. of the city because uh, uh, if your neighbor wanna paint it green and another neighbor wanna paint it yellow and you white so that in possibility they you cannot do that because the city probably won't allow it. Yeah. But in a lot of other cities they will allow it because they don't have archery, they don't have homes association. And uh range of they don't have RJ, they they don't really care about the, the 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 outside color of 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 your thing of course it they would like you to really conform to the neighborhood but they are not as strict as the PVA estate and the uh, rolling hill estate of course there are certain area they have the gated community Rental possibly unfortunately don't allow the gated community No, really yeah because uh, i asked them one time why they said they don't like to have a war, war, like a, a prison. then hmm. because it's the biggest city in Posity Peninsula there are almost forty-five thousand people, like 70%. And they don't like to everybody put a wall there. Even our president Donald Trump the, the Trump the national estate, they were hmm. trying to put a but the gated community won't allow it
1: that's interesting i would have yeah. never yeah i didn't know that that's yeah. really interesting
0: a wrong hill estate welcome the, the gated community but you got to justify so the wrong hill estate basically right now there's a uh, uh, the ranch wrong hill park estate and then the, the vantage point and then the range of power Square, there's only one i pulled back in the in the uh, in the late 80s was the range of parkway estate that's only Gated community where is that exactly that's on the east side of the of the of the range of hospital
1: is it off mirrorless drive o- over no, there? No, it's
0: up the crest Road and oh, Ma- Marymount okay. University
1: oh, oh okay
0: that's the only gated community in city range of hospital but it was passed 30 years ago
1: how many homes are back there
0: oh they are probably uh, close close 100 homes there oh, wow. in that community
1: mm-hmm. interesting so where do you live in PV
0: right now I I, majority of the time, I live in Ventura Pals. But recently, I live in PBS State. Okay. In the Balmonti area of PBS. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I love that area. Yeah, it because it's close to the beach and uh, it's a large tree. And yeah, it's a great area. <laughs> Isn't? Yeah, nice area. huh.
1: Very nice. All right. So, what do you think is the most undervalued neighborhood in PV of those four? What do you think if someone said, "I'm just looking for the best deal, Stephen. Um, I'm anywhere in PV is fine." What, what do you think is?
0: Well, the in general east side of the possibility peninsula uh, price per square feet is cheaper. cheaper and uh i think the main reason is because there's no really no high school there mm-hmm. because right now we only have two high school they used to have three high school and right now we only have two high school both high school are on the west side here. Right. So they and so if you have a high school kid, it's a little bit inconvenient. It take a little bit longer to go there to, yeah. to go to, to the high school there. But the people on the east side really love the east side. Mm-hmm. The reason is because the they feel it's close to the freeway. Mm-hmm. And so the I found the buyers are very different. People who love the website will not consider the east side. People who love the east side will not consider the website. So we usually, when we are working with the buyer, we usually try to sit down with them and find out what their family situation and what's their criteria and try to find the right property in the right location for them. Yeah, Because there's no right or wrong. It's just whatever your family needs.
1: So do you you think, is this true PV homeowners own their homes longer than beach cities do you think they own it do you think oh
0: that definitely that definitely is true yeah okay the so reason is because uh, we have a lot of the old timer and they move here and uh, actually quite a few was uh, engineer uh, back in the 70s and 80s and they live in the house for a long period of time before i moved to my current house my previous house my Right door neighbor lived there for 40 years, my next door neighbor lived for 50 years, my own across for 40 years, and they are all in their 80s. And then they never sell. They never sell, yeah. They never sell, and uh, they bought it when the price was really low. And uh, right now, the, their payment is very low because property tax, Proposition 13, mm-hmm. their yeah. property tax is very low, much lower than mine and everything. And yeah, in general, that's very true. The, the people living in PV are more stable. And that's why you know, the not everybody in P V they always go to internet. They still look yeah. at the your Dix magazine. Yeah. They still read the Los Angeles Times every morning. Uh-huh. And uh, because a lot of the, the, the people are well established in Power 30s and the big city, yeah, people move out a little bit more.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. So let's talk about the real estate industry um, for a bit. <clears throat> You've been following along, obviously, um, you know, what Compass is doing, yeah. a lot of acquisitions there now in the South Bay, Yes, um, you know, South Bay has been very sought after as a real estate market from some of the bigger firms coming out of New York, like Douglas yeah. Elliman, yeah, uh-huh. or the agency in Beverly mm-hmm. Hills, mm-hmm. or, you know, um, and Compass is now here, um, and there's been lots of disruption and lots of consolidation and acquisitions, what, what are your thoughts on this?
0: Well, the real estate industry definitely it changed drastically in the last 10-15 years. I remember about maybe 10 to 15 years ago, there was an internet uh, specialist came to the our seminar in Power 30 and told the real estate agent, "You all, you guys should stop looking for a new job because in, in 10 years." internet is going to play a major role in the real estate industry you guys are going to be out of business because seller if they want to sell the property they can put their property for sale in the internet but who want to buy the property can go to the internet and buy the property 10 years, 15 years later it hasn't happened the reason why it hasn't happened is because I think that prediction forgot one of the most important factors in real estate Is a human touch. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You can provide all the technology in the world, but when it comes to negotiation, you still need the real estate agent to help you out. Can you imagine if the buyer and seller get together, try to negotiate? I would say probably 90 95% deal wouldn't even go through. Because buyers uh, and seller position is totally opposite. And uh, and every piece of real estate is very unique. It's not like you guy a pro v one go you can make it 10,000 21 million 10 million of them. you can go to internet and compare if this uh, you, this website dollars 4995 and the other website charges the, the 45 95 you will buy from that. but real estate is, uh, is very different. You need to have a, the mm. real estate agent is like acting as a grease for a real estate transaction. That's why right. uh, even today, real estate agents still play, play a very important role. The only changes I can see is that uh, when I used to do the weekend open houses, all the people who come to open houses had to be brought in by rea- their real estate agent. Because general public does not have access mm-hmm. to the property for sale, does not have the access to the which one is wholly open, they had to go to their real estate agent. But right now, because the internet and all the type of things, people can just go to all the different ways find find out which property is for sale. So what I found out in the last few years is that a lot of the people who come to open house, they come without their agent. They just look at all different open house without any pressure, and if they find something they like, then they contact their buys their agent to yeah. make an offer. So that's the only thing I see that is tremendous different as far as the the real estate companies concerned We have all different, like uh, a refining. They also get into it, and uh, we have all different kind of discount brokerage company. It does create a, a little bit com- competition in the real estate industry, but overall, I would say the those uh, discount brokerage, they still play play a very small role in the yeah. traditional real estate industry. I think the South Bay, I would say probably more than 90% are still the real estate transactions are being handled through the traditional real estate company. I see that there are certain impact, but I wouldn't panic because uh, the people are selling their most important assets. Yeah. Um, and so the, the full service is still very, very important to That's the real right. estate transaction.
1: So you made an important point. I want to just go back on, and that is what's interesting. You mentioned about the internet when it started to pick up steam. He was going to displace the agent, the role yes. of the agent, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And we get this a lot in marketing. You know, um, marketing, and you get a lot with print. Print marketing is is dead. It's all digital. You know, and and it couldn't be further from the truth when you look at, you know, behind sort of the 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 veil of. Um, the hype in technology and what have you, you know, real estate is very community focused, yes. right? Yes. The human touch, like yes. you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And what it's not so much the vehicle, if it's digital or print or this or that, mm-hmm. it's you have to create that human touch point in the community. Yes. And like we do that very effectively through a print magazine yes. that focuses entirely on real estate, and we create that human touch point for successful agents like yourself and for the local sellers and buyers who live and play and, and and their kids go to school in the community. Yes. Really, it's a powerful statement. I just wanted to, because we go through this too, as as uh, you know, and I'm an advocate for for agents. I don't exist without you guys. Yes. And I feel like in a sense, we're in this together and we can't exist without each other going forward without all the technology, you know, because we've got to stay rooted in the community and sort of protect our and serve the neighborhoods and human touch points that are that exist here.
0: Yeah, I personally feel technology definitely can help the real estate industry, but it's not going to replace yeah the real estate agent. That's uh yeah that's and how there, I feel.
1: Yeah, no, and and I think there's you know the big money in Wall Street, um, they see they see an opportunity to disrupt and this direct to consumer thing, which I think is taking in homogenized cities like Phoenix, where there's track homes and they're all the same. It's unit, you know, you got version A, B, C, and there's no really differentiating quality, except the stairs are on the left on this this version and the stairs are on the right on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, technology can be overlaid on on those type of relationships or assets easier than PVE. Everything homes custom and you have you have to navigate the art jury and the da 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 and it's. It's a it's a whole different can of worms, right?
0: I also heard recently, purple brick uh, withdrew from the U.S. Yeah. market. Is that true?
1: That's true. Um, they came in with a big splash, and they're big in the U.K. and discount model. And they they thought they had a, they had 100 million dollars to spend in yes. the U.S. Which in the U.S. that that won't even do it in Los Angeles. You yeah. can't make a dent in L.A. with 100 million. Yeah, um, on a marketing budget. So. They went out and did some things, and then quickly said, "Oh no, this is different. We're out of here. Let's <laughs> let's pack up and go back."
0: Yeah, that's true. Why? You know, sometimes the the some of the sellers will feel out that when you look at all those uh, TV commercial, mm-hmm. you you can save money in the in the commission. Maybe you can save like one percent for 2 me house. You can probably save twenty thousand. Might it may end up costing you two hundred thousand because yeah. uh, they pro- don't provide the a good real estate service and uh, c- cannot do the right marketing for the property. And so I think they learned it very quickly.
1: But what's here's what's crazy this is what and I think like the, the general public doesn't know this this is when you made when we first started you made the the comment about hey I got in this business because it required little to no capital mm-hmm. and versus the you know in 3% yeah. it's like here's what's crazy you can hire Stephen Haw. 30 years of experience with billion dollars in sales three market cycles Mm -hmm. all you know navigating understanding for the same price as you can hire someone behind the desk that's got six months experience at redfin or purple bricks or something yes it's the same i can hire the best Mm -hmm. or i can hire someone else for this for the same price yes that's to me is like wow that's that's rare Yes. So why wouldn't you hire Stephen Haught? Why wouldn't you hire the best, it, it, you know what I mean?
0: Yes, I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm.
1: So let's have a little fun, Stephen. What have you, this business is crazy, right? And, in a sense in that, a way, like, in a way, hat. and I mean in that, because it's, it's, like you said, high emotion, high dollar um, investment involved. It's the biggest financial transaction in people's lives. Yes. A lot of emotion, a lot of stress. So it's crazy in that sense. It creates, you know, the emotional aspect of this business do you have any of those stories like any crazy demands where you can't even b- actually believe this has happened a seller demand or a buyer demand like
0: not really the, i think the most of my people are pretty calm and <laughs> they're pretty smart they don't go crazy on things yeah and sometimes they may have a, a little bit uh, different difficult demand but we need to explain to them as a real estate professional yeah so i don't really have any crazy story to share oh,
1: okay some closing thoughts. What are the two pieces of advice you would give to your younger self?
0: Probably the same thing like I mentioned before. Probably buy more real estate besides just being a real estate broker and hold on to it. That's probably one of the most important thing. And uh, I've been pretty patient with the, all my clients. And so the, I don't think there's an issue there.
1: And what would you tell the audience that they would be surprised to hear about you or know about you?
0: I don't have any surprise for, for people.
1: <laughs> well, we learned you play golf yeah. and tennis. You like tennis a little bit more. Uh-huh. There's no other, any, are you a movie buff? Are you
0: a chef? Do you have any, any like? No, I, I'm not, a, I don't cook. My wife does all the cooking. And uh, actually, somebody said my, my life is pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> but I personally feel it's pretty steady. Yeah. And I like the way I am, and uh, so there's really no surprise, <laughs> no drama here.
1: <laughs> Simple is good. Simple is the ultimate sophistication, Steven So you're in good, good hands. Um, what's your favorite book? Do you have a favorite book?
0: I read the uh, Millionaire Real Estate Agent, mm-hmm. and also I've read the uh, the one, the also, one thing, yeah, the one thing put out by the Gary a great Keller, book, yeah. and it's a very good book, and uh, also. I regularly read the LA you know, Times every day. And every your favorite
1: magazine is Diggs. I know that.
0: Yeah, Diggs Magazine plus the California Real Estate Magazine too. <laughs> yeah, California Real Estate Magazine, I receive like uh, regularly, and it provides a lot of useful information too.
1: If you could have one superpower, what would it be?
0: I would make the, everybody uh, the homeowners. I think the, the home ownership is really the one of the most important thing in anybody's life I sold my house uh, the 20 some years ago and uh, before I bought another one I was rental for one year in that one year I feel very insecure I feel that uh, I'm not stable the reason is because in the rental property if I want to put up a a picture here I said this is not my property I'm gonna move in a year so you don't do anything with your own, own house it really give you the foundation and uh, you can do whatever you want you can decorate the way you want yep. and you can <clears throat> fit it to your personal life and you um, can cater to your individual need and so I personally feel home ownership should be in everybody's mind
1: it's a great great um, yeah. It's a great thought because look at it, we have we're sitting with our two young guys here yes. who are renters. Yes. And, <clears throat> and I think of when I look at them and think of them, I think of my son, my sons. Yes. Like, how the hell is anyone going to afford these homes? Yes. And so, what advice, like, you know, how hard is it to get the first time buyer? It's so hard now to get to become a homeowner because of the financial. Constraints, right?
0: Yeah, it definitely is a challenge. And uh, usually nowadays, the, if you can uh, get the help from your family, that's probably one of the good way. Another good way, maybe the, you can look into. You don't have to buy the expensive home in in you, whatever the property, you can get get along in even three or four hundred thousand, and you can get the FHA loan for three point five percent. I remember I bought my first house. The uh, first year after I started working in Phoenix, Arizona, I bought my first house. It was fifty thousand, and uh, I put down three percent at that time. FHA three percent, fifteen hundred. I bought a house. It's amazing! And I told my family, "I bought a house. Are you kidding? You just graduated from college. You bought a house? Yes, because there's an FHA program there. Three percent. You put down fifteen hundred. You own a fifty thousand dollars worth of house." But it was a long, long time ago. But the, I think that uh, even you have to borrow the money from the family, because right now a lot of lenders, they allow the, the gift mm-hmm. from the family member to buy the house. And you can always pay it back to your family member. And because especially you have a family member, they are sitting on a lot of equity on their property. And uh, they are more than happy to help their, their kids to, to start owning a property because I see it's very essential and uh, it would be good advice I would do that's great that, that, that's here. great
1: so last question for you and maybe because you're a hard-working man mm-hmm. do you take vacations and if you do where's your va- favorite vacation
0: spot believe it or not I in my first 10 years in real estate I never took one vacation
1: <laughs> I can believe it
0: okay and I always thought that uh, my client need me and I need to be here for them all the time, until one day, one of my clients told me, Stephen, even the President of the United States take vacation. <laughs> they are holding more important jobs than you do, right? The whole country is, uh, they have to watch the whole country, they still take vacation. There's no reason why you can't take vacation. So after that, I started to get one or two vacations every single year, and I usually like to go to a different part of the world. I don't usually go to the same place twice, so I really don't have any favorite vacation spot. I just come back from La- Alaska last week. And it was 80 some degree, can you believe that it's up uh-huh. there? But anyway, the the I I usually go to the different part of the world and uh, because I really enjoy seeing the different thing and uh, also 20 years ago, one of my clients advised me, that said, Stephen, you should go and take a vacation and take the trip, don't wait until you're, you're in seventy 70s and 80s because uh, he said that in their generation they were such a hard worker They you, you work so hard they feel they have to provide all the good things for their family so they sacrifice themselves mm-hmm. until they are in the 70s and 80s and they feel and it's a little bit too late yeah. they say you should enjoy and work both at the same time you can do both at the same time that's a good thing. It, it's not that the, especially right now with in the in the internet the you, you as long you have access to the computer you, you can do a lot of things while I was in in vacation last week I still finished a lot of transactions and the, because you can go through yeah, everything with the internet in. and everything and yeah. the only thing you cannot do is to be there in person but I have a pretty good uh, team I have a team of about 10 agents in my my team so the, when i was not here my team member can help too
1: that's great mm-hmm. awesome well Stephen Haw, i want to thank you so much for being on digg's influencer podcast um we wish you continued success and congratulate you on all your past success keep up the great
0: work and we'll hope to talk soon thank you very much i appreciate it you got it
1: And that wraps up this episode. Thank you for tuning in.